Your fever is high and the pressure to log in at work is too. But when you finally decide to take care of you, there's Instacart. Just because that one perfect coworker of yours is attending all meetings, camera on while she's sneezing, coughing, and aching, doesn't mean you have to do the same. Take it from us. Trying to stay on top of things will only get you further behind. Instead, get everything from tissues and teas to cough suppressants and comforting soups delivered through Instacart in as fast as 30 minutes. If anyone needs anything, they can just redirect their questions to that one perfect coworker. Worker of yours. Why? Why? If you Why? have T-Mobile 5G home internet, you might be hearing this Why? a lot. Why? Every time your internet slows down during the busiest hours. Why? Why? Because your network gives priority to cell phone users. Why? Good question. Why not switch to Cox Internet with two times faster download speeds than T-Mobile 5G home internet during peak hours? Okay. Stop the whys and visit cox.com slash 5G home for details. T-Mobile prioritizes certain T-Mobile phone users over home internet users during times of congestion. This podcast on 97.3 The Fan is presented by Hummel Casino. Fun above all else. Ben Woods, hour number three, Thursday morning, live from Peoria, Arizona. And as Hell's Bells toll, we welcome the Hall of Famer, the Cy Young Award, runner-up. Did you actually win one? You didn't win it. You should have won it. You were the runner-up in 1998. It was Rob because a couple of voters kept you off the ballot, but... They were idiots. Trevor Hoffman is with us here on 97.3 The Fan. Hi, Trevor. Good morning, fellas. Nice to be with you. Good to see you, man. 2024 Fantasy Camp. This is fantastic. We made it. You well, made it yesterday. And you're, out, you're inside, too. They don't yeah. have you outside freezing, which is great. Well, that'll be us in about a yeah. month. We'll yeah. be out uh, there. The, and, when the big boys come it, to it, When the big boys come we, in. We, we point out, we get the run of the place here. We can go anywhere we want. When oh, we come back, I feel like a kid. We were, like, handcuffed to like, the wait, table. Wait, wait, I was there. in here. I was right there, like, a month ago. Come on. I remember walking in, and, be, and Paul, he said, I was going to grab Water, he said, You can't go in there. I'm like, Oh my, I guess I know I'll, where it's at, though. I guess I'll just die. The fridge is full, and nobody's touching it. Man, it's good to see you again. The last time I saw you, Trevor, and I've been dying to, to talk to you about it since May of last year. Go to see uh, The Cure with my pal Corey, and the show starts. and there's four empty seats next to me, and I'm like, well, this is great. going to have my run of the dance. I can do whatever I want. i got all this room. Well, I look over, and I go, I elbow Corey, and I go, look who's walking down the aisle. And it's Trevor Hoffman, it's your wife, Tracy, and it was Brad Osmus and his wife. You got it. And you guys rolling. And I, when I say that Sorry I we was, took your dance floor. Oh, I, fine. <laughs> I, I got to say, you're maybe the last person I thought I would see at a Cure concert. But you said something to me that night that I've been dying to talk to you about. So we're watching the show, and it's incredible. Trevor puts his arm around me. He goes, you know what, Woodsy? He goes, that's all I ever wanted. And I go, what do you mean? And he goes, that. I just wanted to sing or play drums or guitar. And I looked at him and I go, you're in the Hall of Fame. You're fine. You're good. Like, you can't have it all. You're always tempted about something that you don't have a, a grasp on. Of course. And you know that... what's going to be fun today is, like, Jake and yes. Flan are going to play. It's going to be great. You know, it might turn into karaoke and will really stink. But I brought my guitar if you want to nice. try to pick on that as well. But is that is – That's that... all I ever wanted. Remember, is that, like, there's is a that, reason. Is that true? I think it's just, you know, my dad being a singer and a big part of his life, I uh, appreciated – 
the arts, and I appreciated kind of the talent that that takes. Um, the work is still the work. I mean, 100%. it doesn't matter what profession you're in. But it, I appreciate music, and you know, to be able to make great music is is something that uh, I think is underrated. So why didn't you? I didn't have the patience, and maybe that side of the brain wasn't overtaking the other side of the brain. And um, you know, I picked up a guitar, and my fat fingers don't work, and the frets can, you know, messed it up. Yeah. My mom had me take piano lessons at like eight, nine years old, and I'd have to come in at two o'clock after we got home from school, and everybody's playing wiffle ball outside. And I'm like, Mom, I just, you know, everybody's playing ball outside. That's what I want to do. And she goes, Look, it, you make your decision after our first session, of, you know, lessons. And you do what you want, but if you, you you don't stick with it, you're going to regret it. And sure enough, we'd come home, we'd come back from road trips, and we might be waiting on bags or something in a hotel room or in the hotel lobby, and there's a piano, and someone would walk over. Mike Tompkins would go over and pick it, and it just it brought the whole everybody over. And it's such a powerful tool that uh, I wish I would have stuck with. I know part of the the Hoffman legend, and I've heard the story before. Your dad was the the singing vendor at the big singing a, usher, the, the singing usher yep. at the big A. Now, did he sing professionally as well outside of that? I, I don't think I ever heard that story. He did. Um, he was part of a group called the Royal Guards. Um, he served the the Marines in World War II as an older gentleman, but he was previously a singer, traveled the world, and then after the war went back to singing uh, world uh, world fairs and. Uh, New York did some stuff with uh, singing cowboy. That was another connection with the Angels, um, and so he was he was he was really good at what he did. And he, the story, the the baseball story outside of being the singing usher and you know traffic would get crazy on I five. He'd always have his harmonica, and they come to him. He was like the the first closer of the family, <laughs> late late relief you know singer if you will. They go, hey Ed, our singer's stuck in traffic. He's not going to make it. You know, and he goes. Give me five. Tunes up and goes out and takes care of the national anthem. But wow, um, Glenn, when he was a high school senior, Joe Stevenson, the head scout, big scout with the Red Sox back in the day. Um, Glenn goes, hey, if I make it to the big leagues, you know, I'd, I'd like you guys to fly my dad out. And he ran up the flagpole and he probably did some background check, make sure he was yeah. at Roseanne Barr or something like that. Yeah. And sure enough, I go, you know what? That, that'd be great, Glenn. You make it to the big leagues. Sure enough, we'll do it. And it coincided with Carlton Fisk's first game back in Fenway when he was with the White Sox. And you have Harry Carey announcing the game, recognizing my dad, young Glenn Hoffman, shortstop's dad, going to sing the National Anthem today. And he belts it out, and, you know, they run off the field together, and they use that in my retirement ceremony almost 40, 50 years later. It was incredible. Uh, incredible, uh, incredible story. That, and, and for me, you know, for you it was just another concert. I got to watch one of my favorite bands with Trevor Hoffman, Hall of Famer, arm around me singing Just Like Heaven, a moment I will never, ever, ever, ever forget for as long as I live. It was, it was, I love that band. I wanted to see them. I hadn't seen them in forever. And now it's my favorite show I've ever been to. They were, were so good. They, they were, they sat, perfect. close your eyes, you're thinking you're listening to a record. That's exactly right. Yeah. It was, uh, it was perfect. So what, uh, talking to Trevor Hoffman here, if you didn't know, here on Ben and Woods, how what, what are you doing now? I know your 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 what is your role with the San Diego Padres and and how is that going? Yeah, I, I think it's kind of a similar special assistant role. We'll be involved in the community in San Diego. I'll be out in spring training. Hopefully, I have to still talk with our new manager Mike Schilt. Yeah, um, I, I'm sure he's got bigger fish to fry than worry about whether Hoffy's coming to camp. But <laughs> he'll get you. I'll, I'll have my fire thorough. pit ready to go. I'll he, I'll be in town. He's I'll pretty be in thorough. Camp, he'll get to you. He'll get your thoughts on everything. I'm excited. Uh, I'm excited to still be a part of it and um, looking forward to the. Pod's having a, having a good year. 
what was your your takeaway? Obviously, last season was disappointing with such the high expectations, and uh, and yet I think expectations should remain high. I know if people disagree with me. I know there's Padres fans. Well, all of a sudden, oh, all right, you know, I'm not going to expect anything this year. You know, Juan Soto's been traded. Uh, Blake Snell, you know, free agent, he's gone. Josh Hader is gone, and it turns around. I look, you know, at the names that are going to be in there in in a few weeks, and. My expectations are still fairly high for this team. Where do you, I, I couldn't where do you agree sit? more with you. I think the cover is far from being bare. And the, the opportunity that some of the people that are getting to come into our organization that they're going to have is going to be one that uh, they can run with. So, you know, anybody can be beaten on any given day. And the expectation, I think, you look at, okay, they didn't play great as a club last year. You know, it's not going to be the same guys, so therefore we should expect less. And I, I, I think it was a weird year. The, the fact that they weren't able to come together and get much over 500 baffles me i think it baffles our whole fan base um we, we constantly were waiting for that 17 game run like they had at the very end but you know at least that was happening and then you look up and you go they only too shy of 500 that's crazy um but the expectations should still be what they are and you know go after that big juggernaut up north and you know it is what it is anybody can get beaten it's why it's a long season my my thing is i'd, I'd like to see the postseason changed like okay you know, I, I get we're going to have to fight for a division and what have you, but I just don't like that big gap that the you don't number like one it? teams you have. Okay. I, I, hate the, I hate the format. We, do, we play for we, six months straight. They play for six months straight, and then you give them five days off. That's longer than the All-Star break that they get. Sure. It makes no sense. We talked about this yesterday, and I, I don't like just having one game, though, decide everything in a wild card, so I, I, I'm okay with the three game. I think they should change the five-game division series at least to a seven-gamer so that if a team that earns a bye and has a few days off has a bad day or two as they're getting back into it, they're not already facing elimination in a best-of-five series. And I get it. It's hurt the Dodgers the last couple of years. It's crushed them. I don't have a problem with that, but I think – I think the most fair way is at least make it a seven-game series. I mean, the NBA does seven every single way through. It's baseball. Seven. Give, give me seven. It was at the least. first time that I actually was excited to watch more baseball than worrying about what football game was on on Thursday. And if we shorten the season up, we start a full gamut of playoff games through the month of October. You're going to dominate the television, and it make everyone a seven game. So one plays eight. You add another one. One through eight. Yeah. Seven games. If you get. Are you sweet? Back you, to get your, you get your days off season. there, then boom, okay. so be it. Yeah, I can do that. I, yeah, I mean, I, I, I people love it in hockey because I, you want a full a full slate, and it'll determine which team's better. I got mad at the national writers though, because look, it, it, at the end of the day, Mookie Betts and Freddie Freeman, if they hit, and I understand five days off. I mean, I, I love five days off in a row. I love it, and I'm going to come back refreshed and recharged, and ready to go. And I understand baseball's different creature or habit. Is there anything a team can do to 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 simulate to make sure they're ready? I hey, mean, there was teams. I think the Braves even brought in family tried to replicate kind of that. It's you're just not going to. It's not, you know, they, to. they had great inter squad games. They had AAA guys that they were still you know performing and getting ready so that if they did get to the postseason, they'd be able to utilize it. So I don't I don't think there's anything you can kind of. Recreate. I don't. Um, I don't necessarily like the NBA has gone to the ten teams and the play in tournament and. Now I feel like the regular season is just pointless. You're playing all these games and you're putting everybody into the postseason. So you got it that fine line. I, you might, 
I think you might be on to something, Expansion's though. coming around the corner, so, so we're probably going to have a couple more teams. Yeah, but eight out of uh, – so that would be 16 out of 32. So that would be the half – Halfway half the, point. Half of the teams make the playoffs. Or you're getting on the edge there. But you a little bit. A little bit. I mean, so one, you go six, and then you just you still go seven-game yeah. series. If one can't beat eight in a six in a seven-game series. Right. There's they, your advantage, they weren't right? That good, they weren't that good to begin with, right? But so, yeah. to your point, like, Diamondbacks were real. Like, yeah. I don't think anybody expected – we saw them throughout the year. They were – pesky little team but were they going to go be able to go up against a, a team that's loaded pitching got a little funky for them at the end there and they, they ran the table would you shorten the regular season i wouldn't have a problem we've already done so much to the game at this point at this point and yeah. hey I, I don't know if you wanted to ask goose that one yesterday <laughs> by the way your interview with goose was on goose was on the loose man it was on the loose. I was we cringing were a little worried about that going, one. Yeah. Oh, it's Goose is amazing. I will never forget. And if he was this close to you, I could see why I, you were scared. I was <laughs> he pointed at me and goes, "You're a nerd too." You're a nerd too. I felt so bad for Ben. I will say this: when we got to the round table, he couldn't have been nicer and more respectful. Oh, yeah. He did not call you any names. No, he did not. The round table. He did not. But we got him. He got him. Get him worked up. And holy cow! I think one fifty four though is almost like you're not changing it because it always used to be one fifty four. We're still comparing. 162-game seasons to the 154-game seasons yep. they played before, what was it, 1960s when they changed it? It was um, like people being pissed about the shift. It's like there was no shift like 10 years ago. Yeah, it's true. <laughs> We're just going back to what it really was. And it's the pitch true. clock actually goes back to basically how the game felt when I was growing up watching it and, and you the, heard the pacing of the game. Oh, Goose he, agreed, he with, actually the agreed with the pitch well, clock. Well, we needed it. We needed it. We used to pitch that way. <laughs> I, mean, I can see him pointing. He, I was dead. I mean, I was I was in my coffin yesterday with that. So good. I was way more comfortable than he was. He was sitting there fighting through. I was like, I was in a in a turtle shell, man. I couldn't believe it. He knew you were going to protect him. Oh uh, yeah, I, I, I couldn't believe it. But uh, yeah, we've we've talked a lot about um, you know we've talked a lot about the 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 new school versus the old school, and we've talked a lot about you know the changes in the game. Do you, do, you, do you like the pitch clock? Did you like? Do you like some of the changes that they made to baseball? I have. I have the only, the only, what was there? The stolen base is the only thing I think is a little bit of a gray area. You know, only being able to utilize a pickoff twice before they can have the freedom to go is something that I think is a little skewed. Um, I have no problem with the pitch clock. I have no problem with going back to no shift. Because, I mean, you guys know where the ball's going, and if they just pound you in, yeah. you're going to have a hard time, unless you're T. Gwynn, having a hard time hitting the ball inside out and go the other way. Just matter of fact. So, But the, well, the one thing I have is from a stolen base standpoint, I, I would like to see, you know, the ability to, to pick over. Now, if the guy just picks over five times, then okay, it's pretty brutal then when that's, it happens. that's brutal. We know what we're doing there. We're stalling for some, or we're just trying to, you know, Keep ruin close. the game to yeah. a degree. But – to just only be able to disengage twice. Um, they've talked about the, the pitch clock being reduced again. I, I think it was enough. The game speeds up to the point where I think it gets uncomfortable. I, I agree. And, and do you give any credibility? I know there's numbers, I think, to back it up to you, but I think there are guys that benefited, and I think there are guys that didn't. And I thought Blake Snell, and I said it before the season, I go, I think he's going to benefit tremendously from it. And he didn't to start, and he said, I hate it, I hate it. Well, then you saw how it turned out for him. I think Alec Manoa, a bigger guy, rushing, rushing, rushing. It, it, I think it really messed with him. And I think um, the, the adaptation that players are now having to do every single year makes this very difficult game even harder. Yeah, it's it's something they have to navigate for sure. And, you know, you, you see guys will take their time out early. You'll see them take their time out. In a, Soto maybe, had a he, he, he really knew when he time. wanted to, yeah. you know. 
and you know Trent would stay outside of the box until it got to 12 and would step in. So he he'd learned to make it a routine, but it's something that they all had to try and get used to. It wasn't easy. Um, I think they did a nice job in a fast situation to get ready for it. Minor league guys have been doing it for you yeah. know years. They've implemented it, but you know it's it's something that. You don't want to force feed too many things, um, but going back to the 154, I, I don't think that would be – you're talking about two home stands. Before you go, Trevor, I've got one thing I did want to ask you, and, and since you manned the ninth inning for the Padres, there's really been a, a string of just all-star closers one after another. Uh, Heath Bell's here, Josh Hader last season in between. I mean, Kimbrell, Houston Street, you know, Mark Melanson had a great year. Padres have been blessed in the ninth inning for 30 years. Mike Schilt has kind of said that – Going into this year, it may be I, I don't think you use the term necessarily closer by committee, but <laughs> there gives me shivers. You know, they've got Robert Suarez <laughs> coming back, two new pitchers from Asia who have experience in the ninth inning, but some are lefty, some are righty. That matchups may determine more of that. And I wanted to get your thought on whether it's necessary or not to actually name a closer for the ninth inning in, in the modern day of baseball. It now. might not be needed to be named in spring training or coming out, but I think the dust settles you have somebody that you get used to back there it allows you to set everything else up settle into their roles and there's comfortability and and knowing where you're going to be at so that's just how i've seen bullpens work is when everyone has an idea of their role everyone kind of settles in but uh, to do the by committee you're you're on pins and needles for the three hours that you're sitting out there waiting to see if the phone rings and who's it going to be even think, if you know for instance you got a bunch of lefties coming up in the if you got your closer as your lefty but all the good lefties are coming up in the eighth inning take uh playoffs two years ago you know bryce harper do you want a hater out there a lefty as opposed yes. to a righty <laughs> because he's the closer and you're saving him for the ninth inning there's a there's a disconnect between what the analytics, the numbers say, and what the guys with the feel for baseball will say about roles and comfortability. Very unique situation. Yeah. Probably would have loved to have seen Josh in that role <laughs> yeah. in that situation. But as, as, a, as a closer, you should be good enough to be able to get righties and lefties out and have something in your arsenal that you can be equally as effective. Good change-up works. Yeah, that, that works up. on a good lefty. <laughs> and it's a good, cha- good change-up is good on a righty, too. Yeah. Like they don't, they're not used to that. <laughs> Legend. Trevor, Trevor, thank Hoffman. you so much. Thank it's you, great buddy. to see you out here. Thanks for having me. Appreciate you. Uh, Trevor Hoffman, Hall of Famer, uh, sitting down with us. It's just been one after another this morning incredible at morning. Fantasy Camp. Absolutely incredible. Take a break. We're check traffic. We'll be right back. See who else is uh, kicking around. I know uh, games are going to be started. People are starting to warm up here as well. It's Ben Woods on San Diego's number one sports station, 97.3 The Fan. When the whole family comes together to watch the game, nobody wants to miss a second of the action to run to the grocery store. With Instacart, you can get all your weekly groceries in as fast as an hour. Less time shopping means more game time. Let's go. Visit instacart.com to get free delivery on your first three orders. Offer valid for a limited time. $10 minimum per order. Additional terms apply. Why? Why? If you have T-Mobile 5G home internet, you might be hearing this a lot. Why? Every time your internet slows down during the busiest hours. Why? Why? Because your network gives priority to cell phone users. Why? Why? Good question. Why not switch to Cox Internet with two times faster download speeds than T-Mobile 5G home internet during peak hours? Okay. Stop the whys and visit cox.com slash 5G home for details. T-Mobile prioritizes certain T-Mobile phone users over home internet users during times of congestion. 
Old Man Winter here. If I had it my way, it would stay winter all year long. Short days, wind chill, black ice and a good polar vortex. <laughs> Heaven! Wait, is it getting warm in here? Your cold snap is over, Old Man Winter. Spring has arrived. Spring. Spring is here, which means it's the perfect time to get away in the Hyundai you've always wanted. Visit the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event, where you can get great deals on all of our award-winning Hyundai models, like the tech-filled Tucson and Kona, as well as the spacious Palisade. Enjoy wherever you go with the peace of mind that comes with America's best warranty and three years or 36,000 miles of complimentary maintenance. But hurry in. These deals won't last. Add more joy to your journey at the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Now get 0% APR or up to 1500 bonus cash on the Hyundai Tucson. Now, during the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Offers end soon. Call 562-314-4603 for details. suffered an injury or what's going on but he needs a little treatment he's got the atheragun going on his back starting to feel it as uh, fantasy camp uh, gets down to the second to last day we've got one more show here tomorrow morning and then we'll head back to san diego be uh, be home back in studio on monday yeah you can, thera- you can theragun me while i do this segment um we're gonna give away some tickets uh, college basketball tickets here in just a second ucsd uh, and Hawaii on Saturday, they uh, have a big game actually tonight. I think they're at UC Irvine. It's uh, the two undefeated teams in the Big West going after first place. And speaking of first place, uh, the Aztecs are back into first place, uh, tied for first place in the Mountain West after their win 71-59 last night over Nevada. Did uh, make it back from uh, explicit in time to watch the end of the first half and all of the second half. So I didn't actually see the Aztecs build up most of their 16-point lead uh, that they had in the first half, and they were up 14 at halftime. I did, however, see Nevada come all the way back, get hot from three-point range, and tie the score and start to think, "Uh uh-oh, this could be a problematic loss for San Diego State. We talked yesterday about how you got to hold home serve in the Mountain West. Uh, It's so tough to win on the road that you can't be dropping games at home against opponents, even good ones like Nevada, but the Aztecs dug deep, went on a bit of a run uh, late in the game when uh, Blackshear got his fourth foul and, and came out for a couple of minutes, and probably a mistake by Steve Alford to take him out at that point. Uh, Aztecs went up, I think, by eight, and then it was too late for them to come back. They closed out the win by 12, which is a double-digit win over a top-30 opponent at home, uh, which is quad one, or at least on the edge of a quad one win for San Diego State last night. They're now 4-1 and one in the Mountain West. Uh, tied with Utah State atop the standings, and they got another big one on the road coming up on Saturday, another nationally televised CBS game. Hopefully it goes better than the one at New Mexico this past week uh, when they visit Boise State uh, in a morning start uh, on Saturday afternoon. Uh, Jaden Ledee, another double-double. The guy is, uh, guy is amazing. And I, to be fair, the Aztecs got the calls they didn't get at New Mexico. And for the Aztecs to win... They need, when Jaden Ledee goes to the basket and gets hammered, they need him to get those foul calls. And they did. The, uh, you know, Steve Alford was complaining a little bit after the game. Hey, they went to the line twice as much as we did, which was true. And, you know, I'll be fair about it. I complained about the officiating. They had a better officiating crew, I think, for that game. So 
you know, the Aztecs got the foul calls that they didn't get in the game before. They converted enough, and the offensive rebounding was fantastic. 20 offensive boards, the absolute difference in the game yesterday. The Aztecs just outworked Nevada under the glass, even though they weren't shooting that well. Uh, they had some turnovers. You know, it wasn't a particularly pretty performance by San Diego State. It was simply, we're going to be tougher than you. We're, we're bigger than you. We're going to use our bodies inside and we were going to will ourselves to a victory. And they did just that in a game that they kind of had to have. You don't want to lose two in a row uh, in that conference. And, and then you're behind the eight ball probably for the rest of the season trying to make up a home loss and try to figure out how you can win more games on the road. So a uh, good win, big win by the Aztecs last night. And they did it without Darion Trammell, who was uh, sick. And they sent him home. He was not able to go. So even without some depth, uh, they were able to get that victory last night. Again, they'll be at uh, Boise State on Saturday. All right, we do have Hell those yeah. tickets to give away to uh, UCSD. They are going to play <laughs> on Saturday at Lion Tree Arena against the University of What's Hawaii. What's your thoughts on the Aztecs Welcome game last night? Welcome back from the training room, by the way. You missed all the Aztecs talk, which I know you were looking forward to all morning. You said when we got up this morning, I saw you. I came down the stairs, like 5.45 Arizona time, and you said, I can't wait to talk Aztecs with you this morning. It's what I'm looking forward to more than anything else. I don't appreciate your sarcasm. I, uh, <laughs> I, I, I knew you had it, had it covered, and, and uh, as I said, I had probably one too many uh, last night. So I hit the sack, and, and uh, I did see I, see a lot, I saw a lot of uh, reaction on Twitter, been people saying, yourself included, uh, they were getting the calls that they missed the, the, the last game. It's amazing how much a home crowd – Helps. Does help, and it influences the officials in a game. It should it be that way? Probably not. You, you can but see how you can get caught it's up human, in it. <laughs> it's human nature. I mean, there's a positive reinforcement effect that even officials aren't immune to. Yep. And you get a crowd, and you blow your whistle, and they go crazy for you. Boom. It's like you think they're cheering for you. 100%. And you're really not. That's not the way it's supposed to work, but it's just unavoidable, I think, especially in these you know, big-time college basketball environments. So, yeah, they got the calls, and – if I'm going to complain about calls, as I did on Monday or Tuesday after the loss to New Mexico, I've got to acknowledge when they go the other way. And they went the other way for San Diego State last night. Well, as Dave Rock uh, likes to say, Ben, you do a great job. About what? You do a great job. Thanks, I appreciate you just, that. You do a great job. As, as Ben, you do a great job. As Ben, ben you're a nerd. Ben, you're a nerd. Uh, you can call now, though, win that pair of tickets to Saturday's UCSD Hawaii basketball game at Lion Tree Arena. Uh, third caller wins, 833-288-0973. 833-288-0973. You can get your tickets at ucsdtritons.com. And good luck as they go for first place tonight against the UC Irvine. Nickname Woods? <sighs> UC weird one. Irvine. It's not the banana slug. No, that's no, the uh, Santa Cruz. Not uh, Santa Cruz. It's the UC Irvine... Anteaters. Anteaters. Oh. Ant we were going to be here all day. So yeah, just, we needed to move I on. I would have never guessed. That. All right. Um, the Delilahs. Could the Padres be in the market? <laughs> Your favorite team. For Dylan Cease, a pitcher Woo! from the White Sox. Our friend Jordan Schusterman had a little piece about that. Uh, we were going to get to that coming up. No, next. No, 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 uh, no, 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 no. I don't want these. Thank you, Tom. La, 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 la. la what? 
Oh, they have not overall? bad overall stats. I'm looking at them right now. I will sh- I will share the fantasy oh, no. camp stat sheets. <laughs> I don't want this when we come back as well. La, here. La, la, Better Woods on 97.3 The Fan. Celebrate and save at Ashley's anniversary sale with Hot Buys, your choice of colors starting at just $3.99. Ashley Sleep mattresses starting at $2.50. Plus, receive a free adjustable base with select mattress purchases and shop top mattress brands like Stearns & Foster, Tempur-Pedic, Purple, and Beautyrest Black with 60-month special financing only at Ashley. Subject to credit approval. No minimum purchase required. Minimum monthly payment, down payment, tax, and delivery may be required. See store for details. Love the flexibility of working in all sorts of places? Well, working on the go seamlessly requires a strong network like T-Mobile. We have America's largest 5G network, so whether you're on a video call at the park or uploading large files at a coffee shop, we have the 5G speed you need. Whatever takes you on the go, T-Mobile's got you covered. Find out more at T-Mobile.com slash network today. Coverage not available in some areas. See 5G device coverage and access details at T-Mobile.com. After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice-cold reward. Medela is the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste. Because you know, the bigger the fight, the better the reward. You put in the hours... The energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter. Medela is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Import, Chicago, Illinois. I, I love the colorful clothes she wears and the way the sunlight plays upon her head. I hear the sound of a Good Vibrations is something I'm looking desperately for. I got them last night at Explicit, certainly. But I need some out on the diamond today, Benny. Yeah, your numbers could use a little punch-up here. It was just uh, Tom Seidler just handed me the Fantasy Camp batting statistics. Mm. And the good news is... Nowhere to go but up. That uh, the camp leader in OPS was, in fact, at our table last night at Explicit. But it wasn't you. You're uh, you're at uh, 899, right? 900. I mean, that's all star level. OPS. That's an OPS of 900. That's going to get you to the All Star game. That's that's a huge number. Is that Paul, this year? Paulie, that's this year. Okay. Yeah. Paulie Rindel, 1192 Woo! OPS. OPS. I mean, that's, that's Tatis or Machado on a hot streak. No that doubt. is that is serious OPS action from Paul Rindel. But he isn't the leader either. The overall camp leader in OPS is our friend from Australia. Steve, he's a player. Two thousand fifty-two. Dude's a player. That's Straight a, up. That's an on-base percentage of nine hundred and nine. So uh, he's gotten on base pretty much every time but once, and a slugging percentage of over one thousand, one thousand one hundred forty-three. So well, that's why I, I try to surround myself with winners to, to you know maybe get a little bit of something off them. So far, uh, not so good. But yeah, we got uh, got a couple more games to prove myself. That's a, it's amazing that Paulie's team has struggled so much, given that uh, they got two of the offensive leaders in the lineup in himself and Steve from Australia. What's going on, Polly? We, uh, we're losing close ball games. Yeah. I mean, yesterday was just brutal. Double play to end it. Hard line drive. Up, you know, pitcher catches it, runs it over to first base. Hit and run. Hit and run, and uh, game over. Yep. Um, but, yeah. It's tough. You, but... can, you can just stop there. I think it's probably all right. I mean, 
Go on if you want. I don't I mean, think you got uh, you got three runs batted in. You got three hits, which is nice. Three thirty-three batting average. Me? I mean, you're like Tony Gwynn. You three hits, three but nine. I'll take it. <laughs> I will absolutely take it. Yeah, you've walked twice, yep. so you've gotten on base, and uh, you'll be glad to know that they did not include a strikeout column. Yeah. There, so. <laughs> okay. You're off, you're off the hook <laughs> there. Good, good, good. On the stats. Good. Um, you know, I'm sure that GMs are pouring over stat sheets and production from last year as they go through trade talks, and I want to talk about one in particular that could involve the San Diego Padres. We'll do that right after a check of traffic here on 97.3 The Fan. Woods, we've been talking about it for a while. Padres have addressed some of their pitching needs with the Juan Soto trade, but certainly anyone we talk to, inside or outside the organization, they all think the Padres probably need at least one more starter. I keep hearing two. Two has been kind two of the maybe, number. but at least one, and preferably one that's going to be able to eat some innings, you know, quality, you know, it doesn't have to necessarily be a Cy Young ace, but someone who you can count on we gotta, we gotta for make, more than just, hey, he'll compete for a spot in the rotation. we we got to make up some innings. We really do after after the 800 or so and, that we lost. And the ones that are available in free agency right now, like Blake Snell, are going to be incredibly expensive. And there aren't that many trade candidates at the moment. One that the White Sox have even uh, been open about that is potentially on the trade block is Dylan Cease. Now, they're not... They're not rushing to trade him. doesn't have to happen during this offseason. It could be spring training. It could be once the season's already started. They're how, not. How many years of controls he have he's left? He's got, I believe, three? Two, two or three more years yeah. of control left. So his, his price tag Hefty. in terms of a trade is going to be pretty high. And our friend Jordan Schusterman from Cespedes Family Barbecue and uh, Fox Sports put a piece up on the Fox Sports website about teams that could potentially be in play for Dylan Cease and how – far they'd be willing to go in terms of prospects that they could give up that would entice the White Sox to part with Dylan Cease. And uh, the six teams that he listed were the uh, Baltimore Orioles. Uh, you've got the Boston Red Sox, the L.A. Dodgers, of course, they're in on everything, the New York Yankees, the Texas Rangers, and the San Diego Padres. And he wrote about the untouchables for the Padres. Tell me if you agree or disagree with Jordan's perspective. But he starts with... Ethan Salas. Agreed. He's untouchable. Just yep. named the number nine prospect in baseball yesterday by Baseball America. Agreed. And he thinks there's almost no deal out there yeah. that you could propose that A.J. Preller would include Ethan Salas in right now. He also says he's not as certain that Jackson Merrill, who is a another top 15, 20 type prospect in baseball, is completely untouchable. But for now, I'm putting him off limits as well. So he, he left it open, though, for guys like um, Nathan Martorella, Graham Pauly, Jacob Marcy, and maybe even uh, one of the pitching arms, a Snelling or a Lesko, although he, he does say it's possible that a guy like Snelling, after the season he had, he may be on that untouchable list as well. Who for you, Woods, are the untouchables in the Padres minor league system? Is there such a thing as an untouchable in a minor league system when they haven't proven themselves yet on the big league level? This is a it's a very difficult question. I maybe I'm now Colonel Budget because there's based on the things that I've heard about all of those guys. Um, you know, Ben, if, if I thought Dylan Cease was the final piece, I'm more apt to pull the trigger. I don't think Dylan Cease is the final piece, and that rhymes very well. Dylan Cease, not the final piece. If he was, do what you got to do. Other than maybe Salas, because he's such a fascinating 
prospect, and that catching drill, I think, sold me on him for the rest of my life. Can he hit at the big league level? Remains to be seen. Can any of these guys? Um, but Dylan Cease is not going, in my opinion, to put this team over the top to go out and win a World Series. He's going to help, certainly. And you'd, you'd have him for a, a couple of years. Um, I just, out of the guys you named, I've heard such good things about all of those guys. And, and I think Jackson Merrill's probably, wouldn't you say he's probably the closest to uh, the to, big, league to big, level. big league level? Yeah, I mean. And I, if he, it, 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 you know, if he can hit, I don't know what position they're going to uh, end up, you know, keeping him at or, or, or trying him out for at the big league level. Man, if he can hit and he helped his team win, win games this year, I'd kind of be excited to see that. So it's a two two years this year and one more year. Okay. That Dylan Cease would be under arbitration control, and he's uh, he's got an eight million salary number for this year. So very reasonable yeah. uh, for what he's now. He did cut. He had a bit of a down season for him last year, but no he's question. potentially a, a top of the rotation type arm. When I look at the minor leagues, I think there's an instant tendency to make a guy like a Marcy who kind of burst onto the scene last year or a, a, a Martarella or a Pauly even, you feel like as a fan, well, we can we didn't even have our expectations about those guys a yeah. year ago, so I'm more okay letting those guys go, With whereas that. the guys who you drafted or signed internationally and were hyped right from the start, yeah. you hold on to those guys a little tighter. There's no difference, though. A prospect is a prospect. Sure. Just because Drew Thorpe just got here right. doesn't mean he's any less or more valuable than the guys right. that you already had in your system. You're simply more emotionally connected to a Jackson Merrill because you've been following him for longer or an Ethan Salas because he was young and he's a cool story. But a prospect is a pro. However you acquired them, whether it was in trade, draft, international signing, weren't a prospect if they were a 50th rounder. But they have performed in the minor leagues and have turned themselves into a top prospect. You have to evaluate them all fairly. And I have that same thing. Like, well, Marcy, I'm very excited about him. But, I mean, he wasn't even a prospect a year ago. You could probably trade him for a Dylan Cease. But is that wrong? Should you be putting more stock in the guys who have actually done it on the minor league level? Like, their their rocket's been going upwards. They've shown you that they're on that trajectory as opposed to the guys who you're kind of who have all the tools and you're dreaming on. But – I mean, Ethan Salas said a nice few months, but he's tailed off. Seventeen yeah. years old, yeah, and, and, you, and also tailed off. And you don't really know a lot about him at this point. And and it's weird because I I know I do it, and I'm sure other fans do it too. Well, if you had to give up Grand Pauly, I don't even really know that much about him. I'm okay with that. You can't simply just say that if you're AJ Preller and running the baseball team. You can't get emotionally attached well, to certain prospects over others. And it's a it's such a copycat league. And when you saw what what the Diamondbacks did last year and you saw what the Texas Rangers did last year and you've seen what the Dodgers have been able to do bringing guys up, there is something that you look at in that and you go, "Okay, maybe the way that we did it and the way by the way, I'll fully admit it, the way I champion for prospects or prospects flags fly forever. I, I do still believe that. That being said, watching how those teams have built from within, knowing where we are at as an organization, knowing the financial potential constraints, Ben, I'm I'm probably more apt to hang on to those guys and see what we have. Now, I agree with you when you say cease isn't the final piece. I think that's the that's the smart, logical part of your brain. But if the Padres did happen to have a good, surprising season and, and were contenders. Ask me in July. He actually could be exactly <laughs> Bro, what they need to put him me, over the top. Ask I mean, me this question. Oh, careful. 
Ask me this question in July, and we'll see, you know, what my answer is then. If they're if they're running through it and they're playing hard and, and playing together as a team. And maybe and, you can wait until the trade deadline. Maybe the White Sox will be patient, and you can make that decision then. But you also could miss out. They could trade him in the next couple of weeks to someone else, and you won't have that opportunity again. But so. there will be others. There are other Dylan Ceases out there, it, it, and, and teams will be out of it. They will be looking to move pieces. Um, there are teams that are replete with with pitchers and, and it, it really depends on your need too what you need in july if you're in it so i i'm good standing pat right now i would like to see ben the roster get a little bit more full um with, with some guys that could be potential stop gaps at least till some of these guys are ready uh, our live broadcast from padres fantasy camp are brought to you by your san diego county toyota dealers we make it easy i just got incredibly self-conscious just a second ago what? well we were having a, a good discussion about possibly trading Padres prospects. And I just realized they're there's a all, chance one of them will walk around literally the corner eavesdropping as, right we're here. Ta- as we're talking about yeah. them. And I just thought about that. Like We love them all. What if I just said, no, let's trade Jackson Merrill, and Jackson Merrill just walks right around the hey, corner <laughs> as we're discussing him, and all of a sudden I go, I can't, I can't have this conversation. Who cares about right Jackson here? Merrill? Right, right. <laughs> hey, listen, Jackson Merrill. Who the fudge is <laughs> Jackson Merrill? He knows. He's, he reads the he reads Twitter. He's on Twitter. He, he he hears it. He hears it. I mean, all these guys. This is this is the business that they that they are in, and they know they are only as good. I mean, they they could be traded today. Honestly, I think everyone here knows. So, that. just if any of the Padres prospects are eavesdropping <laughs> around the corners, nothing personal as we discuss potential trades. We would never, We're, we would never say trade, trade Jackson Merrill or as he walks literally right by us. That's not him. That wouldn't. <laughs> no, that wasn't him. That's okay. Yeah. He could be very. They look alike. They all. Them. Yeah. There's a lot of prospects around, and we don't know most of them, obviously. Yeah. Um, I mean, you have to be an absolute scholar of prospects to just uh, nail every single one of them. Whoa, to... whoa, whoa. Trying to... Curtis was strip club one time. One time. Just, turns into just, an absolute just a pervert. Deviant. Just a deviant pervert is what he is. <laughs> Oof. We got it really uncomfortable in here. A little bit. A little bit. Well, it happens when I'm self-conscious now. And they're doing something in the clubhouse right now and Trevor Hoffman's being and... officially introduced to the whole camp uh, they're having a clubhouse meeting they did a moment of silence for Peter Seidler with they everybody uh, Hoffy got up there and he goes I'm noticing all the mustaches I love it he's like I'm just assuming that's an honor of Peter and then it Randy is. cut him off and said let's do a 30 second uh, moment of silence it lasted about five seconds because yeah. Randy has no patience no no patience whatsoever I think he's uh, I think he's over it uh, at this point, but um, no, man, it, it's an, it, these are all interesting discussions. But I do get the sense that that AJ is just trying to be patient right now, waiting for the market to come down a little bit on potentially a couple of outfielders. Um, but yeah, I, I, I'm interested to see what I'm. I'm so interested to see what this team looks like on opening day. All right, speaking of uh, interesting discussions on a completely different topic, we mentioned it uh, on the, this morning. Uh, the Dallas Cowboys and Jerry Jones deciding to bring Mike McCarthy back as I, I head gotta, coach. Stability over uh, overreaction for one playoff loss, or is this the time when you want your owner to just kind of go, uh, we, we got to do something else. We can't go down this road again. I got to tell you, I am beyond shocked, beyond uh, having, having grown up in that area, knowing how Jerry Jones operates and has operated. I am shocked 
that Mike McCarthy isn't packing his bags or hasn't already packed his bags. When when the names that are out there That's, are out there, yeah. it's not like it's not like there's some hot coordinator, you know, from the Lions that that a lot of teams are interested. In. These are some of the biggest names in football history. They're like, oh, I guess we can promote from within. Right, right. Yeah, I, I just I am I am shocked, and every, every day in this job I get more shocked. Are you since uh, Bill Parcells held the job though? From 2003 to 2006, it's not like Jerry has gone out. He's not Steinbrenner for, for top names, right? I mean, it's Wade Phillips, Jason Garrett, and Mike McCarthy. And yeah, he, and he showed a, a great deal of loyalty to Jason he Garrett. He really did, without really ever seeing the return on that. There were many years where Cowboys fans thought, oh, "This has got to be it for Garrett. It's yeah. got to be it for Garrett." He was comfortable with Garrett. Now it, it looks like he's comfortable with McCarthy. And I, I, but again, how many times were, was Pete Carroll available? How many times was Bill Belichick available? How many times was Mike Vrabel available? How many times was Jim Harbaugh available? You know, that's, that's the you, thing. You, it's can, the, you can make the argument that, hey, that was about as good of a regular season as the Cowboys have had. They haven't lost a home, true. A home game in the regular season in two years. You underestimated the Packers. It, they was, took it, to it was one game, and why would you fire your coach? You go with continuity. Mike McCarthy's won a Super Bowl, yes. so he's done it before. I wonder, though, is, is Mike McCarthy's Super Bowl win with the Green Bay Packers proof that Mike McCarthy is a Super Bowl-caliber coach, or is it proof – that you can win a Super Bowl without a Super Bowl-caliber coach. Because I tend to think the latter rather than the former. Of course. Just because a head coach wins a Super Bowl or wins a World Series does not necessarily make that person a brilliant coach or leader. There have been many bad coaches, bad managers in all sports who have lucked their way into a title because they had a – just a, such a talented team. They had veterans who didn't need much direction. They had good assistance with X's and O's, and they didn't mess it up. I mean, you know, at some point, you know, you can say, well, they didn't mess it up when they stepped in. Did Mike McCarthy just not mess it up on a really good Green Bay Packers team? that With a great quarterback? The, with a great quarterback that was hot at the right time. And, by the way, messed it up plenty of other years when he was there that they didn't get it done. Yeah, he's You he's can say he that. underachieved he's, with just one Super Bowl title with the Green Bay Packers. I was going to say, he's one of those guys that you feel like should have won at least two, probably even three, um, you know, with, with having Aaron Rodgers in his prime. Uh, but, yeah, I, I'm shocked. I'm, I, I couldn't believe it. I thought for sure that loss, and, and not only was it a loss, it was a, it was a drubbing. I thought, he, I thought Jerry was going to be embarrassed. I thought he was going to pull the quick trigger. Hey, maybe he softened a little bit in his old age. But like you said, he's been fairly patient with a lot well, of these guys. Or maybe he called Bill Belichick and said, and Belichick said, yeah, I'd love to, but you're not <laughs> you're not having any say in personnel yeah. anymore. And he said, am, yeah, we don't know. We don't know how know, many calls and, were made and, behind the and, scenes. And, and Jerry's just like, yeah, I'm not going down that road. Yeah. Mike McCarthy, I can tell him whatever I want, yeah. do whatever I want. Do what I want. We're keeping him as our head coach going into next season. 100%. All right, if you uh, love NFL playoff football, we've got more of it for you. Westwood One carries all the games on 97.3 The Fan. We got the uh, Texans, Ravens, Packers, 40, Texans, Ravens, yes. Packers, 49ers on double header on Saturday. Bucks, Lions, followed by the Chiefs and Bills on Sunday. It's also on the Odyssey app. We'll come back one hour to go. Ben Woods on 97.3 The Fan. We'll be right back.
Why? Why? If you Why? have T-Mobile 5G home internet, you might be hearing this Why? a lot. Why? Every time your internet slows down during the busiest hours. Why? Why? Because your network gives priority to cell phone users. Why? Why? Good question. Why not switch to Cox Internet with two times faster download speeds than T-Mobile 5G home internet during peak hours? Okay. Stop the whys and visit cox.com slash 5G home for details. T-Mobile prioritizes certain T-Mobile phone users over home internet users during times of congestion. Celebrate and save at Ashley's anniversary sale with Hot Buys, your choice of color starting at just $3.99. Ashley Sleep mattresses starting at $2.50. Plus, receive a free adjustable base with select mattress purchases and shop top mattress brands like Stearns & Foster, Tempur-Pedic, Purple, and Beautyrest Black with 60-month special financing only at Ashley. Subject to credit approval, no minimum purchase required. Minimum monthly payment, down payment, tax, and delivery may be required. See store for details. Old man winter here. If I had it my way, it would stay winter all year long. Short days, wind chill, black ice and a good polar vortex. <laughs> Heaven. Wait, is it getting warm in here? Your cold snap is over, old man winter. Spring has arrived. Spring. Spring is here, which means it's the perfect time to get away in the Hyundai you've always wanted. Visit the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event, where you can get great deals on all of our award-winning Hyundai models, like the tech-filled Tucson and Kona, as as well as the spacious Palisade. Enjoy wherever you go with the peace of mind that comes with America's best warranty and three years or 36,000 miles of complimentary maintenance. But hurry in. These deals won't last. Add more joy to your journey at the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Now get 0% APR or up to 1,500 bonus cash on the Hyundai Tucson. Now, during the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Offers end soon. Call 562-314-4603 for details.